welcome back to Our Street. Lynn Fisher and Kurt Elder here, uh, as always, on a fall day. And, yeah. uh, and so, uh, Kurt, um, we're continuing our affordable housing conversation. Yeah. And you, you have brought uh, onto the show a new, uh, a new guest, someone that I, I'm pretty sure has never been here before. I'm pretty sure he's not being here yeah. either, but today we have yeah. uh, Brendan Powler. And Brendan, uh, what we generally do is actually to learn more about what it takes to do this work. So with that, tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, Brendan, how you got to Lincoln and, and the different roles that you today. Okay, yeah, um, I've uh, been in uh, Lincoln for a number of years. Um, it was like we uh, moved here when I was uh, four or five years old, um, have grown up in the community. Um, I was like, and one of the things that I've done um, growing up here is I've grown up in the housing industry. Um, I was like, uh, both of my grandparents, or both of my grandfathers were builders. Um, I was like, my father was a builder here in town. Um, and I've uh, worked with them uh, in a, for a number of years in uh, quite a few different roles. Um, right now, um, I work as the sales manager for a local interior design company called Gotch Covered. Um, in addition to that, I'm a realtor at Nebraska Realty. Um, so pretty much anything um, from building a house to remodeling it to selling it. Um, I was like, I've got a pretty good idea how all of that goes. All right. So, you know, uh, because so of the other persons and groups that we've spoken with, um, they talk more in lines of tax credits or just the work that the assessor does, uh, things of that nature. But the reason I really wanted to have you on the show today was to talk more about what that builder perspective looked like from not those realms, but just within your realm. And if we can start a little bit higher, just kind of get some good groundwork in. Um, when we think about affordable, just so we can have a common base of conversation through this, when we look at affordable for, you know, versus resale or new construction, being a realtor, you have a, a unique uh, input on that. So let's start with the uh, existing side, then we're going to focus more on your work with the new construction to learn more about what it takes to make that happen. So define affordable within the existing housing market. How would you define that? Um, I think affordable is that's a it's a difficult question um to ask because um dealing with housing affordability in lincoln um i was like we have that consistent um issue of there's just not enough of it um so uh, i was like as that um pushes that up i i was like then you have to be like well where where are all those additional houses coming from and what can we do um, to really uh, make it so people can afford a house? Because um, if you look at the um, average sale price over the last five years, it it's really, really gone up um, substantially. And um, most of that's a supply issue. Sure. So just as a, just as a base number, you would say 30%, 35% of your income should go to housing or are or do you think that affordable is more on a 25 percent side just getting us just some base groundwork there um i've always thought 25 was a reasonable number um 
uh, for people to uh, still have money for everything else. Sure, right. So, uh, so when it comes to new construction, that's kind of you know what your your father and and then it's what your brother and then you do. When we think about new construction and and then affordability, you know sometimes new construction isn't affordable to everyone. However, with existing sales going up that medium price, it's the gap between what someone can afford with an existing home and getting into a new construction home that gap's narrowed. And so perhaps that you have more of a market now for you to then build homes in. Um, can you tell us about the kind of homes that your uh, group develops and then why you chose that kind of home? And and we'll get into the some of the details of uh, what's it take to do more of that? Okay. Yeah, um, so we, we operate on a variety of different um, price points um, based on um, what construction costs have done over the last three years. Um, we noticed that um, more of our entry-level housing, um, it was just getting priced out of the, the market for what people could um, afford due to uh, labor and material upgrades. So uh, right now we are primarily building in the 700,000 uh, uh, plus. Um, just because that's where um, where people can has the ability to purchase the homes. So make sure heard that a seven hundred thousand dollar home is is what you're generally working within. So so the subset of the community that can go into that kind of home is different than say perhaps your traditional first time home buyer. Correct. Yeah, absolutely. When you were saying construction costs and things of that nature, just talk to us a little bit more about how those have changed over time and. We'll get into more of ideas of how that can be addressed later. Yeah, absolutely. Um, one of the things that we've noticed um, is our material costs on most of most of our houses um, have gone up something around forty percent over the last uh, um, the last four years. Um, I was like, as we all know, the uh, pandemic really put a strain on a lot of our manufacturing capabilities the other subs of that subset of that is labor um we lost a lot of our workforce um back in um you know 2007 to 2009 with the housing uh market crash and uh, we really haven't um replaced a lot of those uh positions because that also coincided right when uh, um uh, trade school um, wasn't really considered to be a viable option for um, a lot of young graduates. If I can just interject Please and do. ask, you know, besides the increase in cost of labor and materials and shortage of labor and those sorts of issues and, and uh, the challenges that builders have to deal with, and then of course that affects affordability obviously on, you know, how much house a person can afford based on their income the increase in interest rates is probably one of the biggest factors here in the last 12 months on top of all that you know people can't afford to borrow at eight percent what they could afford to borrow at four percent i mean it's a huge huge change in the marketplace so um when you're talking about a seven hundred thousand dollar house brandon uh you know a year ago a year and a half two years ago 
a lot more people could afford that than can afford today at 8% unless they have cash. So, uh, you know, that's, you know, that's kind of the elephant in the room, I would say, as far as affordability. So if you want to, you know, maybe address that and talk about how many fewer people are out there that can afford to buy what you're building. One of the key abilities for people to absorb those increased costs that we were having back in 2019 and 2020 was the low interest rates. So, you know, people were still able to make their mortgage if it was 2%, but now that we're, you know, up near eight, um, people just can't afford those uh, mortgage payments. Things that I look at and read um, on a national scale, they on a national scale, there is dips and turns in housing markets. And But some researchers have been saying that the days on market that a home is being built has been increasing. But I think that in the Lincoln market, many homes of the nature of, of the ones that you build, those are custom built. You, you probably have a seller already in mind, or at least you are building it for someone, right? It's not like you're just building spec homes and then hoping they sell. Is that correct? Uh, it, I, I was like, you, you kind of do both. Um, so I was like, we do have um, a number of spec homes that we build, um, but about half of what we do is is pre-sold new construction. Again, it all it all comes down to that market segmentation, um, where you have a ton of inventory in the four hundred to six hundred thousand uh, dollar market. Um, that stuff is sitting for a very long time, um, whereas um, some of the stuff in the luxury market will go. Probably like five years ago, I had done a interview uh, for my work with the home builders association and they were saying that the average profit margin on a new construction home was anywhere between 10 and 14 percent um does that track about right within your operation uh generally speaking yes um, generally speaking yeah, right yeah that's fine i don't want to get down to hard numbers yep. <laughs> none, none of my business but hard numbers there and so when you build a larger home more expensive home then this that 10 percent is of course much more than if you were building a $250,000 home, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I, I was like, typically though, as your house value increases, uh, your profit margin um, will go down a little bit just because of the um, the volume involved. Sure, right. Um, boom, 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 boom. How many, so, so let's take a step back. When we look at the number of builders that are of your guys' nature or, or, or just even builders in general that are building homes, how many builders do you think there are within the community? And um, is that, I mean, that kind of goes back to your initial statement, not so much initial, but to your previous statement of saying that there is a labor shortage. And do you think that there'd be more companies if there was more labor? So two part question, how many companies now are doing the work that you're doing in the community? And how many more would there be if there was a supply chain of labor? Um, well, that's, that's a really difficult, question to answer um, just because the amount of people that build a home fluctuates I was like from a from an entry standpoint it's not it's not particularly hard to go out and build um, one or two homes um, I think the average um, company length for most construction companies is five to seven years uh, so in good times you have a lot of people get into it um, then um, most of those construction companies will fail over time. So in, in terms of in Lincoln of companies that have been building 
for you know 20 30 years i think there's probably seven or eight lynn i know it's an early break but can we take an early break yeah i think uh, i think we should so uh, listeners please stay tuned we're going to be back in just a couple of minutes and continue our conversation uh, with brandon fowler so don't go anywhere welcome back to our street lynn fisher and kurt elder here uh, we're having a conversation with a, a gentleman Brandon Fowler, who's in the uh, new construction and real estate business here in Lincoln. And uh, we, in the first half of the show, we kind of learned about his, his business and his take on affordability in the marketplace. So I wanted to ask you, Brandon, uh, about just general economics in the housing market. Um, you know, the, the powers of supply and demand and how that affects people. Uh, when you have a when you have a demand for affordable housing and you have higher prices, um, those dynamics really have a big effect on, on how many people are able to find houses in, in the price range that they can afford. Uh, and it sounds like in your, um, in your business, you're building homes in the higher price range where you have obviously some, uh, some opportunity in a smaller segment of the population to make a profit. Uh, why aren't we building more homes in the marketplace that are on the lower price range for the people where there's a high demand as well? Is it because of the uh, the lack of profitability if you get down into the uh, two, three, four hundred thousand dollar range? Um, yeah, it it really just comes down to you you can't build a house um, that people are going to want to buy for. It, that two, three, four hundred um, thousand dollars uh, with uh, lumber costs, having done what they've done, all of that, everything's gotten so expensive that I was like, if there were a way to do it to put out a quality product, I think you would have a lot more people um, involved in that. Did, did both of you read the article in the paper about Omaha and they have? Um opened up their zoning laws to uh, allow for auxiliary um, housing units uh, where people can build either uh, a, a living space separate, maybe a, a standalone in the backyard or or finish off a basement attic or a, an attic in a garage or, or add on an auxiliary living unit someplace. And they talked about them being priced in the range of $150,000 or thereabouts. Um, for those people that are not needing a huge house, do you think that's something that uh, Lincoln ought to look at is to allow um, those kinds of uh, alternative living type of things that, that are more in that price range of 150 to 200,000? Well, just, just to put it into there, you know, Lincoln does allow ADUs, accessory dwelling units, um, <clears throat> but not many have been built. There isn't much of a demand or from what I've, uh, seen i don't think that there's much interest in people to put a, a additional dwelling unit on their property because usually it goes back to zoning a little bit to say well how much space or how much side yard or how much backyard do you need to put a house in so okay. from one side it is i don't know but yeah brandon so what do you think yeah um i it this is just my interpretation um i've noticed that um for many of your buyers they're still looking for house in that you know 1200 square feet they don't necessarily want neighbors um right on their wall um so i i don't know if it's so much a 
we can't do it is you don't necessarily have buyers who are looking for those smaller properties. So the sweet spot for demand is in that single family home, probably what, three bedrooms, two bathrooms, basement that can be finished. That's kind of the sweet spot, would you say? Yeah, absolutely. And so, so could a four hundred to $500,000 price range satisfy that, uh, that need? You, you can, and I, I was like, that is still, um, I was like, you still have a lot of builders with homes in that, you know, 400 to 550 um, price range. Um, but then at that rate with our current interest rates, I was like, you're, you're pushing out a lot of your people who do need a house under $400,000. So, so just to keep going along this pattern, there are builders that are building smaller homes of a lower price point, and there is a demand from, take like NeighborWorks, for example, they they build a home that's about $250,000. Um, that's what they build out. Um, roughly, Habitat for Humanity builds at that same level. Um, so there is a demand for that house. So it kind of gets to be a question then, you and your company choose not to do that level of construction for a for a reason that is you know, unique to you. But why do you think that other builders can do it? Um, if, if other builders are doing it, and, but if you choose not to, is that just a business decision or is it a profitability decision? Um, it's, it's primarily a business decision. Um, uh, what you, the products that you can put into a home you know, if, if we were saying, hey, we want to build a 1,200 square foot ranch um, and we want it to come in at $350,000, um, the windows that we're going to put in those house those are not going to be quality windows. Same with cabinetry, trim, millwork, all of that kind of stuff. You can't put in a product that's going to last the lifetime of the home or in that you know 20 you're putting cabinets in a in a home that are going to last 10 years and we've found that um buyers generally um aren't happy with the material selections so perhaps so so let's just use this you know so at a higher end home you have a profit margin of 10 percent. just use that as a just for easy math $700,000, 10%, $70,000 profit. 10% on a $250,000 home is $25,000. Uh, the delta gap between that would be uh, $45,000. Um, if there was a program that would say like, hey, it's, it's about the money. If you build smaller homes and we provide the gap for you so you can maintain your profitability, would you switch to building smaller homes? Um, I, we, uh, yeah, I, 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 it was like, it's, it's not really so much a, um, a profit thing is it was like, could you reduce the cost? So if, if you're like, Hey, um, we've got a grant, um, and it's going to be, you know, 30 or $40,000. Um, yeah, that would absolutely be something that we would be willing to look at. I've heard from 
other builders saying that retooling their workforce who is used to building a larger home into a smaller home is difficult to do. Is that true? Uh, sorry, could you repeat the question? No, you sure can. So I have, I've had several builders tell me uh, through different interviews that um, once they have their uh, workforce trained to build a certain level home, going down and building a smaller level home, it just takes a different kind of training. Does that make sense Wait, to you? Kurt, Kurt, are you talking about quality or, or size? Uh, size, thank you, Lynn. Good, just uh, size. Do you think um, that, tell me more about that, or, or, or do you think that I just misunderstood that wrong? Because I think, Lynn, your point might be correct, is that perhaps they were referring into uh, quality. I don't know. Yeah, uh, from a, from a, the way we view it, um, the, the size of the house doesn't really impact the um, crew that we would have, but uh, for sure quality, um, that's one of those things if you want um, uh, to reduce the cost of something, you have to reduce the amount of man hours that you put into it. So if you've trained a crew for quality and not quantity, um, they're obviously not going to be able to go in and push that volume. Sure. Okay. Let I, me, I, let I, me, uh, I, let me, let me throw this in. I'm also in real estate as most, many of our uh, listeners know, and we have managed multiple homes and sold a few in, in that area over, um, in the metal lane part of town between O street and, and vine and around 70th street. And there's a bunch of houses in there that were built back in the fifties. And they are three bedroom, one bath, no basement. And uh, they're very affordable in terms of rentals and even even to purchase one today. And I would, I would say that the quality of build was probably, Brandon, what you were describing as maybe those windows and 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 finishes and cabinets that probably weren't ma meant to last a long, long time. Yet there are homes over there that are in that in that uh, category, and I know that uh, they started off being built because of the affordability factor. They're affordable today. Even uh, you know a, a lot of them have had the windows replaced and the cabinets replaced. Some of them haven't. Why doesn't somebody? figure out a way to build similar, uh, more affordable houses today. I guess that's the same question we asked before, but um, surely there's a demand for people to buy those homes that are just lower priced. What am I missing? Yeah, I, I was like, um, part of that is um, kind of the economy of scale. Um, right now to go in and uh, put in a development of those you know, six, 700 houses or um, whatever, uh, that, that requires a lot of capital. Um, and I was like, if, if we look at Omaha, um, you have some of your larger production builders have moved into the the Omaha um, market, whereas um, in Lincoln, we just, we don't really have that for whatever reason. You think it's because of impact fees and uh, zoning restrictions and, and the, uh, the barriers that, that developers have at the, at the building and safety? You know, um, I'm not, I haven't spent as, as much time on the um, land development side. Um, I think it 
it might be that might be part of it um but really that's one of the questions that i've kind of wondered is um you know why haven't um one of your dr hortons or um one of those type of construction companies really operated here in lincoln um part of it um i've heard uh, has to deal with the um you know contiguous development um or um you know what is it about the omaha market that attracts them that isn't being attracted to the Lincoln market. Yeah, it'd be worth studying, I think, to find out what they're doing up there differently. Um, then, and and maybe there's some policy changes that can be made at the, uh, you know, at the uh, at the city. You know, I think we can perhaps come to a close on this conversation with a one final question. A lot of it comes down to you can only build so many houses with a certain labor force that you have and and that you can't build more unless you have more labor. Um, and I think that there is a, as you have said earlier, Brandon, a a, a lack of labor, a trained labor to then do this kind of work. So just a broad question, what do we need to do to train more people to get them into this, get them into this realm? Because no one's um, going to want to go into that realm if they can't get a job locally. So yeah. which one comes first? <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, right now the the jobs are the jobs are out there, um, but I think it is um, it starts with educating people down in the even elementary or high school that you know construction can be a very um, successful and lucrative career and. We don't necessarily need to look down on an individual if they want to become a plumber or an electrician. I was like, we really should um, encourage that um, because there are a lot of kids that your kind of typical day-to-day nine-to-five office job uh, doesn't fit their personality. It doesn't fit their skill sets. And we need to be like, hey, guys, like, you know, you can go out and you can work on houses, um, you know, make a make a reasonable wage um, and put together a product that you can be proud of. Well, Brandon Fowler, thank you very much for coming on the show. We really appreciate uh, you and and what you do and you contribute to the uh, building of new homes in town. So thanks very much. Awesome. Thank you guys very much for having me. It was an easy conversation, I promised. (laughs) Thanks to our listeners for spending another 30 minutes with Kurt and me here on the show. And we'll see you next week.